Hello and you're very welcome to the Life Changes podcast brought to you by Westmeath Libraries and supported by Creative Ireland. Over the course of this 10-part series, we'll be talking to local people from all walks of life about various changes they've made and how those decisions have enriched and improved the quality of their lives. You'll hear interesting stories from all sorts of people sharing their own unique and inspiring reflections on new directions. In the sixth part of our 10-part series, Anne-Marie Kelly joined Fanola Colgan, Development Officer for Mental Health Ireland, to talk about the universal challenges we all must face and how we can all embrace change as a positive. So I'm with Fanola Colgan. It's lovely to meet you. Yeah, We're yeah, walking in the park. Right, lovely, yeah. And it's spring morning. It's a beautiful morning, yeah. yeah. A good and day. If, if listeners don't know who you are... Can you describe yourself in a couple of lines? Oh, in a couple of lines. I actually grew up in Lismore in County Waterford, under the shadows of the River Blackwater, and went to school locally, went to college in University College Cork. And ever from there, like my journey of life has been exactly that. I've gone from Cork to Dublin to Galway, and I've met a very nice gentleman um, in Westmead um, out one night here in Tullamore <laughs> and as I say the rest is history and Tim and I got married and we've had a family of seven children and uh, you know that's kind of the basis of my yeah. life and I suppose as well the nature of my work being with Mental Health Ireland in all those decades and um, and that's my foundation basically in Westmead. How did you do that? I mean was it when you went to college what did you study? Well I had it in my head to uh, do legal studies because I had it in that and and then I drifted into studying English and history because mm-hmm. they were always kind of really interesting and I had the opportunity to do one semester of psychology mm-hmm. and so there was a nice mix there for me I suppose my ultimate plan was to be a teacher and uh, what happened there was I did my HDIP and I got an opportunity to work in the health services in Dublin and I just never left the health services and I found myself going from Dublin across to Galway as a training officer with the Western Health Board in Galway as it was then known into hospital administration and then this lovely opportunity came up to work with a national voluntary organisation then known as Mental Health Association of Ireland and um, as they say I've just been with this organisation ever since. Do you find it is it easier now that you're older or is it, has it got easier or has it got dif- more difficult? I think the thing that every now and again and I look at my children and at one point they were like little babies and, and I look at them now taller, stronger, getting on with their lives, maybe encountering similar situations I might have come across. I'm not sure that it's about getting easier. I think it's about living through life and the experiences that come with that, Anne-Marie. Mm-hmm. And, and I think because of the nature of my work with Mental Health Ireland, every day is different. Like, you know, today I'm talking to you later on this morning, I'm going to be meeting with a group in the Family Resource Centre in Athlone. Later on this evening, I'm going to be on a Zoom meeting. You know, like, you just don't feel you're in a job. You're passionate about your job. It's not just your ticking boxes. You actually really want to get things done. You know, I often wonder about that word passionate when people say, oh, you're passionate about your work. Sometimes it feels like an exclusive word when you say you're passionate because, and then I kind of think, well, I like my work, I love my work, enjoy my work, but maybe my real passion is with my family. Yeah. Like, I know yeah. at times it's, oh my God, maybe that mightn't feel like that at times because of, you know, you'll have ups and downs in family life and that. But, you know, but I do love my work for sure. Yeah. So come here, you know, like locally then, yeah. in, in, in Mullingar, Westmeath, tell us about 
the projects that you may have been involved with that you'd have really enjoyed and, and saw yeah. grow, grow and grow? Yeah, so Mental Health Ireland, because that's my key focus and uh, like, in, you know, part of my work, is very focused on the voluntary sector, networking in the community. So one of our key organisations in Mead is Mullingar Mental Health Association. And they, you know, it's a small organisation, very committed people, people that are very passionate about what they do. And um, like we've gotten out there, our more recent project is our One Million Stars. So it started in Australia. A lady called Sinead McQuillan in Kilkenny brought it back with her from Australia. So the aim of the project is worldwide to create a billion stars. In Ireland, one million stars. So Sinead is asking people and counties to help her get that one million stars. Every star made represents hope, light and solidarity with people who find themselves victims of abuse, of, you know, violence, domestic abuse, you know, situations that... So Mullingar Mental Health Association, this is where the networking comes, came on board with that and uh, through Julia Smith, they've been funding the, the ribbon and then we've drawn in ICA groups, Streamstown, um, Mullingar ICA, we've, the National Learning Network have done an amazing project. So what do they do? They make the stars? stars and we're going to have an exhibition all going well on the 8th of March in um, Mullingar. And how do they make the material? Or? Literally, it's four strips of ribbon all folded over and an eight-point star. Where do you put them? Uh, so we're going to do a display of them. You know, we've, we, um, National Learning Network did a model of a mannequin of a lady and she's carrying a bag and she's carrying the message, Hope. Um, you know, we, the people will be creative in how they'll display them. Yeah. yeah. And then we did a really interesting project some years ago with uh, the Lions Club called Myself. It was a local publication with Frank Dillon and the Lions Club on um, myself, Mullingar Youth, supporting and embracing local families. So it's about creating awareness of all the supports and help out there. Yeah. So when people come together, uh, share the resources, let it be you know, their energy, let it be their enthusiasm, let it be their intelligence, uh, let it be money, let it be time. You know, so, so much can be achieved. Yeah, yeah. Have you come to a stage in your life, are you content with what you've achieved or are you striving for more? Ah, do you know what? I'm always, generally I tend to be content, generally I tend to be focused and I'm always game for a new challenge and a new venture because life is a journey and it's not about closing down because, oh, I'm such an age or I've done all of this and can't do any more. We, we've all got potential beyond our capabilities that we set ourselves. Yes. And I think it's so important just to get out there, just like what we're doing now, walking and talking. Yeah. yeah. Are you a different person now than you were when you went into college? I wonder, I often wonder about that and I look back and I say, I should have to be different mm-hmm. <laughs> in a sense because your life experiences teach you and then, you know, when you have family, you're kind of reflecting and maybe telling them, oh, sure, look, at, I've been through that or whatever. You have to be a wiser person. Uh, you have to kind of know when to stand back and avoid trouble because... I, I know I'd have probably just walked in and I said, I've said the right wrong thing, I've done the right wrong thing and you t- your world kind of potentially collapses around you you think, this is it, I'm done and you realise, you know what, just... It wasn't that bad. Yeah, and like my kids often say to me, you know when you'd be worried about things, they'll often say to you, Mammy, build a bridge and get over it. And I do use that philosophy. Now, you, you've written a book. Yeah. When did you do this? Yeah, so Anne-Marie, that's kind of very random. Um, I teach in Athlone, law in Athlone um, now too. When did the law lecturing start? Uh, you see, when, when I went to work in Galway, I did a postgraduate law degree. And then some years later, I got an opportunity to do a master's in law. 
the original distance learning in Manchester, um, then I was, you know, got an opportunity to do some um, part-time lecturing in at Lone. And um, so I had in my head, I'd like to write a book. Mm. And I had an absolutely different theme in mind. And it didn't happen. I was, it just didn't happen. And I said, here, in my head, Fekka, do you want to do this, Finola? Pardon my father, Ted language. <laughs> and um, so, um, so the idea of this book came up, Veterinary Law and Practice in Ireland. It reflects my life in the farm as well, vets coming into us. And then I collaborated with Lisa Geraghty, who was a student in my contract law class, but also is a vet. And uh, we put our energies together and Clarice were very interested very in publishing good. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it's very, very specific to it's yeah. vet veterinary law, law and, pra and practice yeah, in but Ireland. It, it'll be of interest. I know it'll be of interest to vets, mm -hmm. naturally enough, veterinary nurses, but it'll also be interest to the... To, to the wider veterinary pharmaceutical company, but to farmers yeah. and anybody dealing with animals. And I was very honoured that, and another excellent uh, Westmead man, absolutely 100%, Judge Henry Abbott retired. He did a beautiful foreword for me, did Henry. He? Yes. I was just yeah, like, yeah. you know, he just did such a beautiful foreword. Because he brought himself into it, apart from his absolute legal knowledge. And do, you, do you enjoy then lecturing as well? I mean, that, Actually, that's... look at it's, you know, that's, see, it goes back to my teaching doesn't it mm, <laughs> training mm. and sharing of knowledge and I'm such a firm believer in adult education and I think we're so lucky to have an organization like Aintis but more more especially at local level that you have the, the education training boards that are now paired county-wise and they're doing so much for people like you know there's so much happening in our county in our country that's seamless and hidden but making us the nation that we are or the yeah. communities that we are because of all and there I put it into the swing, like a station like Midlands Radio 3. Like, you know, the difference it has made, communicating, sharing knowledge, information, keeping communities together. Go back to Mental Health Ireland. Yes. Um, just that, that massive subject. You yes. know, I, I had a good chat recently with a psychiatrist who says oh. that people get confused on the phrase mental health. health. They think yeah. that, you know, for him, mental health is somebody who needs to have medication yeah. who has severe mental health, health. problems. Yeah. Whereas some people nowadays, if they have a wave of depression, which he's not belittling. Yes, of course not. It's not... It's not a yeah. mental health issue. You yeah. know, so he thinks the confusion is there and it's a phrase that's bandied around a bit too much. Yes. What do you think of that? Yeah, so Mental Health Ireland, our, our key, key, keen focus is on mental health promotion, as apart, as, aside from supporting people in recovery. Yeah. And, and that's a very important message because, you know, say, like, it might be, you know, somebody that has diabetes. That has to be declared, that has to be, like, and I'm putting it in inverted commas, that has to be labelled, it's diabetes you have, it's, it's a diagnosis. And in order to get better from that, to recover from that, or to live life substantially with your diabetes, medication, treatment. So it will be the same if your mental health breaks down, what is it, you know, is it schizophrenia, yeah. is it psychosis, even if it is depression, what about it, like, get the help, get the support. It doesn't mean that your life doesn't go on. Nowadays, you know, you've got a lot of people like, say, telling their stories as well, like yes. Resi and that. Yeah. Um, do you think that that's become a thing now where it's more personal? It's become those kind of stories are the key to people connecting, is it? Yeah, it's connecting with the concept of mental health. But I think that sometimes there has to be kind of a disassociation as well in the sense that everybody's mental health issue may vary yeah. or their challenge may vary yes. and how they go about helping it. But what's important is that the conversation is open, it's honest, and that people don't feel they 
its nursery to hide behind. And I think perhaps one of the bigger challenges nowadays is not so much maybe mental health in the family or in the community, but it might be a challenge still in the workplace. Mm. And because, you know, we'll always be measured about how we get on with our job and that. But a lot of workplaces and a lot of organisations, private and public, come to us about training, about awareness. Do they? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Because they want to break down those barriers and they want to understand it about for their employees. And, mm. you know, it's well, a meeting of the minds. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that's massive. Like, like I wouldn't, uh, like, I know you were asking me about changes, but, like, 20 years ago, like, I wouldn't necessarily be going into an organisation. Has your approach changed over the years uh, to dealing with how to talk about mental health? Yeah. So... As you probably know, Anne-Marie, like my background is primarily education, teaching mm. and that. So I don't come from a, um, like a nursing point of view, a nursing training. Often people do. They think because you're talking about mental health, you have, you know, counselling. And I always kind of said to myself, I don't want to be a counsellor yeah. because a counsellor is about supporting a person to resolve problems. But, but I like the education, like the information, the information sharing. So, yes, of course, my approach will have changed in the sense we've more knowledge, more understanding and you've... And, and I think as well, what we needn't ever forget, there's always a new generation coming up that mm. need to be kept informed, educated. Like, and I often do a comparison with Harry Potter. I remember my daughter, she's now in her, like, well, very early, right side of 30 anyway. And uh, <laughs> we'll, I just say minus not plus in that one. But I remember getting the Harry Potter book mm. on very first... Like it was like sentimental, you know, it was a oh, big yes. thing to go. And mm. it was all booked out in the library. So you do the next best thing. You go into a shop and yeah. you buy it. And now all those years later, there's a whole generation reading that it's book lovely, for the yeah. very first time. Yeah. And it's the same for our mental health and that education. You've got to keep the message going. But listen, yeah. just before, um, do you think you'll manoeuvre into a different world or do you think you'd like to stay where you're at? At the uh, No, I'll transition on because, you know, I've learned so much from you know, being married to, like, married to Tim, in a sense, in the family, and what farming has brought to me, because I, you know, and I think that might have been one of the key things for me, that I realised, you know, the business that Tim is in, in farming, and, um, you know, it's about a business, about engaging with people, it's about being friendly with people, and I've picked up a lot of those traits. It's not about having to have a different approach, it's about looking at people differently, and, the, you know, about being mannerly, about being nice, would you like a cup of tea? And sometimes that's all it takes. And I've learned those skills from being a married person. That's what marriage has brought to me and being a parent and sharing that responsibility. But I also like my independence. Yes. Because yeah. I remember my mother saying to me, she says, just because you're married doesn't mean you have to sell your soul to it. <laughs> and she might have been telling me something because she was a nurse, but had to give it up in those years. I see. Yeah. yeah. Say, and, you know, and you reflect back on that and you grow up, with, you know, and you learn. So, yeah, so lots, lots of milestones along the way do impact on you and and do kind of but it's about being open to it isn't it mm. and you know when you do get it wrong you get it very wrong <laughs> what about it kind of thing and yeah uh, but it's not what lovely that's the second time you said that you yeah. know that you've made mistakes oh yeah and you've said stuff you, but yeah. you but you've yeah. moved on and you've had disappointments and you yeah. know you'll have your arguments and you'll have that but the thing is is to kind of i suppose back to the words of my father and all uh, ted like why worry about today you haven't seen you know, plan, but, you know, don't worry, I think is probably the key message.